don't overpay in real estate commissions when you don't have to. If you're thinking about buying or selling a home in Kansas City, call Neil at 395-REALTY or visit www.list4lesskc.com. That's listforlesskc.com. With Neil's commission model, you only pay 1% in seller's agent fees at closing, while still receiving the full representation and service you expect. Make your next move with Neil. Call 913-744-6368 or email neil at listforlesskc.com. That's neil, N-E-I-L, at list, the number four, lesskc.com. I have a couple of uh, mothers of my past brides that should probably be on my payroll for how many uh, referrals they send me. Welcome to Life of a Founder. Our goal here is to give you an inside look at the experiences of small business owners who have started, operated, and grown a business from the ground up. We strongly believe that there's no better way to learn than by listening to the stories of others. So whether you're already an entrepreneur or dreaming of becoming one in the future, we're sure you'll gain valuable insights from every episode. Without further ado, let me introduce you to the man behind the mic, our host, Matthew Sumter. Hey everyone, welcome to Life of a Founder. I'm Matthew Sumter, and I'd like to introduce you to my guest, Abby Church, the founder of A Wedding Come True. Before we get into our conversation, I'd like to know, though, what is one piece of advice that you would give someone who is thinking about starting their own business? Yeah, excellent question. My advice, it's business. It's not a hobby at this point. So maybe the area that you're choosing to go into business is something that you have enjoyed as a pastime. But that's exactly mm-hmm. what a hobby is. Yeah. It's you do it in your free time to escape maybe a day job or like your everyday responsibilities. But when you choose to turn it over into business, you're never going to put that down. Yeah. It's not just free time. It is now wearing a lot of hats and the true passion of the job also comes with the business side where you might not be terribly passionate about uh, payroll or staffing mm-hmm. or training, but don't lose focus and don't lose sight of the spark and the passion that you had while you might have to wade through yeah. some of the uh, more tedious sides of business. It's all part of the business and you got to make money, right? Or or like you said, it's a hobby if you're not. So um, why don't you tell me a little bit about your business? What it is that you actually do? I am a wedding planner in Kansas City. I serve couples that are planning a big celebration. Um, the point is this is a once in a lifetime occasion and you're making a very large investment. I'm kind of your insurance policy and I am there to protect your investment and mostly just preserve the opportunity to make the memories you are expecting, not Mm -hmm. being pulled out of the moment. Um, and that goes for the entire engagement process of being able to enjoy a year plus of planning your wedding. And that's a special season of your life. So I like to know that my clients are enjoying that process and looking forward to it rather than maybe feeling bogged down or really anxious. All right. Very cool. Give me a little bit of history about how you started the business, how you've kind of built it up or or kind of the trajectory of its growth. Uh, When did you start the business and how long have you been running it? Yeah. Let's see. I met my mentor in 2009. Um, I was 19. 
and uh, knew that's what I wanted to do with my life. So she took me under her wing and taught me an awful lot. Um, I was able to get some other jobs in the industry to um, continue making connections and just learning about the operations ins and out ins and outs of the wedding industry. Um, but I started a wedding come true in uh, 2011. So it's um, been been a growing effort of um, building my portfolio and establishing myself and credibility. Being now almost 15 years of working with my own clients has given me the opportunity to build quite a referral network. So you said you kind of got the idea that you wanted to do this in 2009 and you actually started the business in 2011. What actually inspired you to, I guess, make that jump to become an entrepreneur? I mean, you you had the idea that it was something you really enjoyed, but what made you think this is something I should turn into a business? Hmm. I knew at a very young age that I wanted to be my own boss. And I think it's needless to say, like, I was a very bossy kid. Growing up, my nickname was Martha Stewart. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> but um, I love the idea of... um making my own rules and the flexibility. I had a desire to work and I also knew I wanted to be a wife and a mother. And I didn't feel like, I didn't want to feel like I was going to have to sacrifice one to get the others. Um, so being my own boss has allowed that a uh, little bit of everything and enjoying this season of life. Okay. And would you consider a now kind of a full-time job or, or what it take to get to that point where you're at now? Yeah, I like my workload right now. As I've, as I've niched down, kind of cut my teeth on doing more quantity over quality, then right now this is really a great workload. When I was working with my mentor, I got my first job as a venue manager and ran events there for a long time. I went on to run two other venues in Kansas City. I was a director at Marriott for one of their specialized venues. Oh, nice. Um, all the while, while being able to have my clients on the side and several employers that were really supportive of me building my own business and knowing ultimately being my own boss was my goal. Um, so that was a huge blessing. And the Kansas City wedding industry is really community focused and very supportive and encouraging. So that really helped me along the way of knowing when I was ready to take the leap to be full time for myself. Okay, cool. Um, do you have any partners or employees? Do you have to hire anyone to help you? What's that look like? I am a true solopreneur. My clients get me. It's a relationship-driven business. So I build a personal relationship with all my clients. And I you know, I think it's probably common for most entrepreneurs that the sense of control is there. And particularly with weddings, of knowing that I'm building that relationship and weddings are so personal. So as of right now, it is... Um, just me with all the client work. And then on wedding days, I do have assistance, always at least one. And then um, if it's a big wedding with multiple venues, uh, maybe a tight timeline or a lot of moving parts, then I will work with a larger team, whether they're my own trained assistants or oftentimes training services with a few other wedding planners in town. So we can swap off on each other's wedding days. Yeah, that's kind of nice that you said it's a community that you can kind of work together on that sort of thing. I mean, is there a lot of competitiveness in this market? I mean, I you'd think there's a lot of wedding planners out there, but I mean, is it is it cutthroat? I mean, what's that community like? Mm, yeah, that's a great question. I have always been operating my business in Kansas City. Outside of this market, I have heard some really 
scary stories. <laughs> yes, there is there is some cutthroat competition, but not here. Right. Yes, competition it it makes you better. And that should be the only threat is if they're booking more than you are, then what are you doing if you're missing out on those bookings? All right. Sounds good. You said you're at kind of a level that you're comfortable with, that you're happy with right now. Is that once a month or how many weddings can you do and keep the quality there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my my sweet spot is annually I typically hit 12 to 15 weddings. That, that provides the ability for me to uh, give that one-on-one specialized service and attention without burning myself out. Okay. And I imagine it ramps up, you know, your hours and your timelines ramp up as you get closer and closer to the wedding. Um, beyond that, what's the day-to-day look like? Do you have a lot of a lot of hours each week or is it just kind of here and there? Um, with, with specific client work, um, we always have standing monthly planning meetings. In between all of those meetings, we do a lot of logistics. I do a lot of communication. That's that's like ground zero for a wedding planner, right? We are the communicator. So there's a plenty of time sent on um, emails and phone calls and creating timelines and logistics. Yes, it does ramp up closer to the wedding, but um, my whole goal and what I want my clients to understand is we're going to do this in bite-sized chunks over the next 12 to 18 months. So it never feels like it's too much work or it's just too stressful. Okay. I won't say it's stress-free, yeah. but I will help you keep that stress low. You kind of got us down to a system now where you can manage that. And that's kind of what they're paying you for is the fact that they don't have to manage that stress load that a bride normally would without a planner. How would you say that you acquire customers mo- mostly? Is it mostly word of mouth or do you do a lot of advertising print ads. I mean, what, what's what's getting you your work? By and large, you're exactly right. It's word of mouth. It's making really happy customers. <laughs> I have a couple of uh, mothers of my past brides that should probably be on my payroll for how many mm-hmm. uh, referrals they send me. But yeah, I, I, spend, I spend very little on traditional marketing and advertising. I usually equate it to I'm not a gambler. I don't go to the casino. And oftentimes, a lot of marketing feels like gambling to me. And I would rather focus those dollars on sending a really nice anniversary gift to my past clients and staying on the forefront of their minds or taking a venue owner um, you know, out to lunch. That's, that's where, again, goes back to the relationship building. Yeah, those are some great ideas. And I imagine that out of your weddings, you know, that's some natural material that comes out there. I've, I've seen some of your posts and you, you can go afterwards and go on Instagram and post pictures and you can post things that are going to get reposted and shared um, organically. And I'm sure that helps a lot, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yes. The all-powerful Instagram. Mm-hmm. Have you had any major challenges that you faced um, either when you were trying to get the business started or has it been growing over the years? challenges. Sure. Gaining enough experience for other vendors to trust me and and new clients to find me. Just longevity is helpful. It does help. I'm like, you know, as a 22-year-old, people don't usually give you too much credit. You got to get, you know, some tread on the tires type of thing and understand that you know what you're doing to work with a budget of that much money and have that many connections. So that was definitely a challenge. And then while I was growing, Having disposable income or like making wise investments, I was working multiple jobs while weddings were my side hustle. 
um, yeah. but wanting to maintain like the professional business owner, you know, exude that um, aura. I just took some time. There's sure there's some overnight success stories, but when I started, there wasn't a uh, going viral on Instagram or TikTok. Yeah. So it was a little bit different. True. Yep. You said you've found ways to manage the stress and you kind of have a template for it now, but has there been any times when you've kind of experienced burnout or, or considered walking away or deciding, you know, thinking that maybe it's not worth it? Burnout? Um, not quite. Um, but when it feels too much, I can of, often trace that back to being misaligned with maybe the clients or the vendors that I'm working alongside. Boundaries is a very big buzzword for solopreneurs. Office hours, it's hard to control. I mean, I mentioned before, like the dream was to have flexibility, but you also have to be disciplined because that flexibility can come back and bite you when you put off those office hours and you're finishing a stationary deadline at 5 a.m. And yeah. um, there's a little bit of pressure there. But it, but one of the biggest things I have learned is um, is choosing clients wisely. That's not every inquiry that comes in is my client. I think I've I've uh, reached that point of being able to also interview them and knowing that if we're going to have a year-long relationship, I want to be really well in sync with each other. Yeah, I was kind of wondering that. Is that something you've literally had to tell people, no, or I, I'm unavailable, make up an excuse, or you've had to basically turn them away? Uh, yeah, fire some people yeah. or, uh, yeah, turn them down. Um only a few times. Yeah. For the for the most part, if they're doing their homework and they are interviewing multiple planners, I think they can land on the right decision of the personality and the work integrity and just overall, how much will you get along with this person? Because I always tell them, I'm, I'm not only by your side this whole year, I am also by your side your entire wedding day. And there's a lot of emotions running around that day. And I want to know that you can trust me implicitly and that we're just going to we're just going to have complimentary personalities. All right. No names here, but I'm sure you've come across some bridezillas or mothers of the bride. Any stories there or anything interesting that's happened that you can share? Um, stories galore. Sure. <laughs> um, Yes. Again, that's probably a fair case for working with the right folks and making yeah. sure we're on the same page. I could give you plenty of drunk groomsmen stories or <laughs> drunk bride. Maybe a big one I <laughs> found out in an awkward way was Kansas City is a uh, big little city and doesn't work out so well if you go into a consultation and you kind of dated the groom years ago. Oh, yeah, that could be a little awkward. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, regarding the business itself, you mentioned it's kind of at a level you like right now that works for you. I don't know if this is ever a thought for you, but it, do you think there's a way that you could develop a business like this that would make it sellable in the future? Are there other wedding planners out there who kind of have grown to have multiple planners under them and that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. That that could certainly be the business plan in there. I have a lot of my colleagues in Kansas City that are operating large teams and they can execute maybe three or four weddings in a weekend um, with multiple trained coordinators underneath them. And that's a great business model that to me personally, it's never, uh, never been a goal. Okay. Future plans for the company. Naturally, I want to do the Kelsey Swift wedding next, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, that's um, 
not official yet, right? But we hear it's coming. It's all a buzz. You know what? I also see myself wanting to jump into doing some speaking engagements um, for the industry. We have a local magazine here in town here in a few weeks. I'm going to have the opportunity to be on a panel for a um, educational workshop that they're doing for other vendors, and I'll be able to lead a breakout group talking about community and networking since, like I said, running running a networking group, it's a, it's a fun thing to, to give back to the community. All right. Sounds good. Well, your website has some basic pricing kind of listed, but what what's kind of the range of services that, that someone can get and, and the pricing there? I mean, does it go from an hour consultation up to you doing everything or what's that look like? Yeah, the um, the recipe for what's the right service to fit your budget. And um, I like to have clients consider what's their bandwidth for planning in their free time. Um, a lot of my clients are full-time professionals. Um, a lot of my clients are long distance and they don't live in Kansas City any longer. And there's just not a lot of free time for them to focus on, like I said, all that communication, that back and forth, reading through contracts. Um, so that's where I really thrive. And that's in my full planning services. That's pretty much from the time you get engaged, you should reach out to me and I should be the first person you book and on your list of vendors. Then I'll, then I'll be able to help you develop a realistic budget for your priorities um, start setting up venue tours and locking in the priority vendors, folks that can only do one event in a day. That's your photographer, your videographer, your band, your venue. Some big caterers, some of them can do multiple events simultaneously. I like to be involved in that entire process. That might not be for every client and that might not be their budget. And that's where those other service offerings come in of partial planning. Maybe they have already secured all those vendors and then they're sitting there thinking, now what do I do? <laughs> mm-hmm. They're booked, but what do I do with this information? Or coordination. Coordination is a really great portfolio building service. Um, that's where I certainly thrived, where I started my business in 2011. And that also works well if a client just doesn't have the budget for a full planning relationship for that whole year. You don't have to give me any specifics about your pricing, but if someone was wanting to get into this, I mean, potentially how much do you think you could make as a wedding planner in a weekend? understanding that it's going to take you a year of work (laughs) getting up to that point. But Mm -hmm. what is Mm -hmm. kind of the, would you say the range of the market is? Um, You know, if if, if a couple is searching for like a a month of coordinator, um, someone that might be newer, and like I said, building their portfolio, oftentimes you can find that person for anywhere from $500 to $1,000. That gives you a couple meetings with them before the big day, and they'll help you make sure your timeline makes sense, and they'll be your point person with all your vendors. And then going into full planning services for my clients, currently um, my clients put down a 25% deposit and then throughout that next year, they make periodic payments um, and I'm paid in full before the wedding day occurs. A lot of planners that are doing luxury weddings and in larger markets, especially on the coasts, more often you will find them doing a percentage-based pricing of the a flat fee plus a percentage of the total wedding budget. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So that the more they're spending on the wedding, the the more you have to handle and kind of the bigger deal it is, so the more you're getting paid. Yep, exactly. So if someone was thinking about getting into this business, what kind of potential income could they aspirationally think about getting to? I mean, I know they're going to start out smaller, smaller 
fees, but as you said, the more experience they get, the higher rate they're gonna, yeah, the higher rate they're gonna be able to charge, and you know they're gonna be able to get those bigger weddings as well. So what's kind of the ranges there? What's kind of the averages, and what's what's the top end potential for a wedding planner? Yeah, I can speak to it for here in the Midwest uh, specifically. Someone starting out, your focus is going to be more of those coordination packages. You need to you need to establish yourself. So you might want to build your calendar and your portfolio through coordination, and you're charging somewhere between five hundred to a thousand dollars, depending on the hours you're going to invest with that client and what services you want to include. As you grow and build, I think you should really show that experience by raising your rates and offering a longer time frame with your clients, a more robust package. Um, Maybe you're getting to the point where your client's budget has grown, you're managing more just dollars in general for them, so your compensation should match. Maybe you're to the point where you can charge you can charge five thousand dollars a wedding, and you're doing partial or full planning. What what size of a wedding would you say that would kind of be traditionally? Five thousand dollars would be standard for a wedding that, that costs how much? Well, in the Midwest, let's say here in Missouri, like the average cost of a wedding is just over thirty thousand dollars. With that type of budget, that couple can probably only uh, typically afford a coordinator at that five hundred to a thousand range. When they start getting into spending above average total wedding budget, that's when you could do full planning at five thousand dollars. Planners, planners that are kind of in my market right now and doing full service, most of our clients are spending somewhere of seventy five thousand to a hundred thousand dollars on that wedding. Wow, yeah, that's a big investment. It's a big change since since I got married, but yeah, it's inflation, right? What kind of overhead or expenses do you really have? I imagine labor is your biggest expense in your time, but do you have a lot of fixed expenses beyond that that you have to cover as the business owner? Um, My overhead is low, and yes, my time is very valuable. I I have a home office, which is great, helps keep costs down. Like I said, I don't do a lot of traditional uh, marketing and advertising. Meeting with clients at their venue, out and about at a coffee shop or another vendor's office, that's usually what makes the most sense anyway. So I haven't felt the need for a physical office site. Um, So really, my ongoing expenses, things like website hosting, um, I do have a specialized software that does both back-end and client-facing work for me, and then like those uh, day-of assistants, those 1099 workers, being able to pay them out. All right, perfect. Thank you. Well, I know that something else you're involved in, I've seen on your social media, is called Thursday Therapy. Can you tell me what that is? And it seems like it's kind of part of the community that you talked about in Kansas City of the wedding professionals. And what is that? And how are you involved? Yes, my volunteer passion project. It is actually a national organization started by a planner on the West Coast. A couple other vendors in Kansas City brought this chapter in in 2011. I stepped in as the host in 2019. So we weathered uh, all of our shutdown through COVID. And in the last two years, we've been able to get it back up and running, and see a lot of growth in our attendance. So the whole organization and the whole goal is we meet third Thursday of each month. We do a styled photo shoot, which is a really really helpful tool in our industry because vendors need content. Brides and grooms that are out shopping on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, they want to see what you're capable of. So showing your creativity and collaborating with other vendors putting on a styled shoot with some current trends and a lot of outside-the-box thinking is a really unique portfolio builder and um, gives everybody marketing content. 
following that styled shoot, then we host an open house for any and all event vendors in Kansas City. Free to come and hang out. We do some light bites by caterers and drinks and desserts and have a really great time. And that's where all of the entrepreneurs for this industry get to build those relationships. And they can take it from there in terms of, yeah, handing out your business card or making coffee dates or planning to go tour someone's new venue. I really enjoy getting back to the industry in that way. Keeps me really connected and keeping a very full Rolodex of contacts for my clients. Yeah, so it's a great place to network and kind of get involved with the community. You had a very interesting bride and groom, I think, at a recent one. (laughs) Oh, you mean when I got to play bride? When you got to remarry, I guess, (laughs) remarry the same guy again? Yeah, it turns out out you you need people to wear the dress and the suit. How would you measure the day-to-day success of your business? What is it? I mean, for a lot of people, it would be money, how much they make. But how would you say that you measure that success? It's always in the in the reviews and the referrals. I can I can see the look on a client's face on their wedding day when they've had a great time. Um, when they will write a review afterwards and put that into words, that is the kind of stuff that I just love. I mean, it's a, it's a huge compliment, of course, that you played that role in their big day. But then, but then I built that relationship with them. So then I get, you know, baby announcements <laughs> and Christmas cards and we keep in touch. So once again, I mean, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but you kind of have to just be in this for the relationships. Yeah. You kind of become part of their family. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the reviews and that sort of thing, I mean, it makes you feel good, but that's necessary, too. I mean, everyone's shopping around these days, and I mean, online reviews is probably the first first step of that process, so. Mm -hmm. And and I'm always happy to give out to any new inquiring couples. I will give out personal information from past clients that have openly said, please have anyone call me. I would love to tell them about you. That's probably hard to come by in most industries, so that's great. What skills or traits do you think would be essential for being a successful entrepreneur? What if kind of some of the things you've realized that you need, you have needed? Uh, vision and drive, organization. You have to have thick skin, be very patient and humble. Also, confidence. It's like two, two sides of the same coin. A very uh, unique mix of traits, I'd say. For- <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I would say ultimately it comes down to having high standards for yourself. Your client list will reflect your standards. If you're operating in in a way that it's something that they are they willing to pay for this or not, will they spend on it or not? If your client list is full, then that's great. That means your standards are high enough to warrant that. And you certainly wouldn't want to find it out the other way around, right? Yep. All right. Sounds good. You'd mentioned earlier that you'd mentioned that having some years under your belt and having some experience helps you get the jobs. And you've also we've talked about a couple of times that you're you're at kind of a level of busyness that you like. Have you been able then to raise rates to stay at that level um, as you've gotten experience? Is that something that you've been able to kind of increase your income? Yes, and I need to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's kind of a common rule of business is like if you're if you're getting too busy, raise your rates until you're not. So, yeah. And when I have very happy clients or 
someone that comes up to me and says, I would have paid you double, <laughs> that's also a good sign. <laughs> You're like, well, there's still time. <laughs> How much of your success that you've had so far would you say is luck versus hard work? How much? How can I quantify this? Do you think there is luck involved in it, that you've kind of gotten lucky and gotten some maybe gigs that, that you didn't think you deserved at the time, or, or has it really been kind of the effort you've put in to get those? Somebody said it great the other day. Wish I could tell you where this quote came from. <laughs> Pressure is a privilege, and I don't think it's luck. I do believe in, like I said, it's not overnight success, but if you don't see the results right away, be patient. That's where I get at that. Of, I felt like when I was 22 and seeing what all my role models were doing and that it was going to take so long to get there, and now I realize that, okay, you are you are there. There are still plenty of other goals I want to accomplish, but it has paid off, and um, no, there's a lot of hard work. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So what are your future plans? I mean, where do you see yourself? You're still young, but do you see yourself doing this for the rest of your career, or do you have any other plans to change up kind of how the business is structured or just kind of go with the flow for now? Yeah, you know what? I I will always um, be my own biggest critic, so I can see opportunities to focus in on excelling more with my customer service, vendor relations. I will see a little bit of a change in my fee structure and um, to match inflation and to know my worth. Do you foresee any additional services or kind of side businesses that go along with your services or, or just continue kind of with the planning as the main? I would really like to get into some type of educational platform. Uh, I do think that this many years of on-the-job experience um, from the various angles I've had, I've been a venue manager, a catering manager, I've sold wedding gowns, and every wedding teaches you something more. And I do think that there are a lot of 22-year-olds out there that I could give some advice to and help them along their way. So I would very much like to channel this hard-earned experience into an educational resource of some type. Yeah, that's definitely a good idea. Um, kind of like a master class or something on that. Have you, have you looked at that? Is Does something like that exist or similar type things? There's quite a bit. It seems like it's a pretty natural trajectory for advanced planners. So... As the uh, market dictates and, I don't know, folks retire and new people move up. But um, you want to know that brides and grooms are always in good hands. And maybe I can help a few young planners avoid some mistakes. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. I imagine that's mostly online these days. But is there is there any kind of school for this or certifications? Or, I mean, what, what makes a wedding planner stand out? <laughs> can I tell you a story? Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I was in high school and knew this is what I wanted to do, I told a few of my teachers and the general response was a little bit of a chuckle. And is that a real job? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, no, when I was when I was ready to go to college, there was not a degree for that. That's why I very quickly met my mentor and got the on the job experience. Now there is hotel management and hospitality degrees really do overlap. I couldn't speak specifically to weddings, wedding specific degrees, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, you know, ongoing education opportunities too. Okay. 
you've mentioned a couple of times now your mentor. Is that someone that you wanted to kind of shout out and give a give us a little information on how you met that person and how they've helped you? That's another fun story. <laughs> so one of my side jobs while building the business was uh, restaurants. I was always serving tables or bartending or managing, but I knew this was my goal. And again, just talking to people and making relationships. And I happened to mention it to someone and they connected me with her. Um, her name is Cindy Patrick. She's in Kansas City. She's uh, She taught me a lot and she's still doing really great, beautiful weddings herself. She's raised two kids. Um, she charges her worth and mm. she does excellent work. Great person to look up to. And I'm very, very happy to have had that opportunity. Yeah, it's great to have someone like that that you can bounce things off of, especially as you're learning and growing. And to teach you the right shoes to wear on the wedding day, <laughs> which is different from what you would wear if you were a wedding guest. Probably learn that pretty quick after, after a time <laughs> a or painful two. way. Yeah. Well, let's get to some personal questions. When you're not working on your business, uh, what kind of things do you like to do for fun? Do you have a lot of time for leisure or... Uh, not a lot of time for that. Uh, for fun. Uh, vacuum. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that counts. Um, I used to refinish furniture. Uh, that was a fun hobby. Time and children. Not so much right now, but I'm hopeful to get back to it one day. All right. A lot of entrepreneurs are reading and listening to podcast books, that sort of thing. Is there anything that you've been reading recently or listening to that would be helpful, do you think, for an entrepreneur? I do a lot of intake with industry-specific content. So podcasts, there's a great one from a photographer on the West Coast. It's called Get a Heck Yes, and it is focusing on high-end and luxury clients and some really great information there. Weddings for Real, that's uh, hosted by another just well-established planner, Megan Gilligan. Of course, Life of a Founder. Yeah, of course. Everyone listens to that, I'm pretty sure. Do you have any unusual hobbies that maybe people don't know about? You mentioned that you like to refinish furniture. Is there anything else out there that may be interesting? Uh, you know what? When I was in restaurants, I spent an awful lot of time studying wine. So I took my first and second level sommelier exams. And um, it's a lot of knowledge that uh, often comes in handy with wedding days and planning beautiful dinners with wine pairings. So that might be the odd one out. All right. Very cool. All right. Well, if you don't mind, we're going to do a few rapid fire questions. So you're just going to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. So what is your favorite dessert? Turtle Sunday. All right. What game show would you like to be on? Uh, make, let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. All right. Introvert or extrovert? I guess I'm an extrovert. All right. Forced extrovert, or, or you enjoy that? No, no, I'm I'm really stepping into this. Okay. And who is your favorite brother-in-law? <laughs> His name is Matthew Sumter. Oh, thank you. And so you'd asked before we started if we should reveal that information. So at this point, you might as well tell us where you got your start, really. Oh, well, back in the day, Matthew Sumter helped me with the name of my business and my very first website. Oh, even before that. We go all the way back. On your wedding day. There we go. Okay. So that was when the seed was planted. When Matthew married my sister, I got to be very involved helping with 
uh, centerpiece design and decor setup and managing all of our relatives and giving instructions when I was um, 11 years old. Uh, it was a while ago, yeah. <laughs> Not to age either of us. Yeah. And from then on, that really did spark the interest. You learned a couple of things at that wedding, I'm sure, too. We won't talk about we won't talk about the what didn't go right, but you know what's a great part of that though, and this still resonates with me. I remember my mom saying she didn't have any food to eat that night. <laughs> she didn't get to dance with our dad, and she was trying to track down the caterer to pay them when you all did your first dance. And that right there is probably one of the biggest whys I have. It's a young age to learn those lessons, but hopefully those served you well. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> well, uh, it's been great talking to you, and I want to thank you for taking the time. How can listeners find out more about your business? How would you like them to contact you or, or, or check you out? Yeah, absolutely. Please go follow me on Facebook. It's at A Wedding Come True. Uh, lots of beautiful updates there uh, on a semi-regular basis. But if you know a... Uh, a uh, social media manager. I'd be in the uh, market for hiring market. one of those. All right, yeah, I, I could use one of those too. I just <laughs> I, I don't make any money yet, but hopefully one of these days. <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, it was good having you, and uh, thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to Life of a Founder. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And if you have any friends or family members who would enjoy the show, please share the link with them. We truly believe that small businesses are the lifeblood of our communities. So we encourage you to take that first step and start your journey toward business ownership. 